0: Greetings and welcome to the inaugural, the very first, the one and only episode number one of the Resurgence podcast. I am your humble and obedient host, Andrew Thomas. It's an awesome time to be alive, but a challenging time for patriots. We are, to my knowledge, the only media outlet that are looking at specifically the dirty war against our gallant President Donald J. Trump. And I want to, in this episode, set the table by giving a broad overview of the criminal investigations against him. I'm not going to go into all the myriad of civil lawsuits. I may take up a a couple of those down the road. There's one that's coming to trial later this month. But I just want to go over... Uh, What is happening in the criminal realm against President Trump, what we know of, because these grand jury investigations are supposed to be secret (laughs) by law. I understand there are double standards that apply in the law today, thanks to the left and uh, the right gets the short end of of the stick as far as that goes. But I want to go over where we stand with these criminal investigations and predict which of these is likely to draw blood next from our 45th president. If you'd like to know more about the background of of how this madness and this tyranny against President Trump and the rest of us came about, please read the articles on my uh, resurgent substack. Uh, The Marxist roots of Trump's indictment tells the story of uh, how these vicious political prosecutions came to be and the the long-running rot that uh, comes from uh, our law schools from decades ago, and I give personal stories about that. If we have time at the end, I'm going to go into a further discussion of the fortress strategy that i discussed in my article yesterday that tells how we can win against the left but first i want to begin by quoting one of the nastiest and most vicious personalities weighing in on the trump investigations and now indictment on msnbc and and that is a that's a hard earned distinction because that that seems to be those quote those traits seem to be a prerequisite for appearing on that channel, especially in regards to Trump. But it's a guy named Glenn Kirshner. He's uh, the former head of the homicide unit in the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. So he's, he is described as a former federal prosecutor. And it, he's, he sums up what Trump is up against in terms of the, the, the nastiness of the other side. There's a quote that he gave recently to Salon magazine. So you're you're getting the the double whammy of a leftist magazine and a leftist MSNBC. But he has some interesting quotes here. Here, Here's a quote from him. I've never come up with a presidential slogan in my life, but I thought back to Herbert Hoover's A Chicken in Every Pot. Uh, We've gone from a chicken in every pot to Donald Trump's campaign slogan, which is apparently a defense in every court hardy har har. That's how the left ridicules what they're doing to our justice system and and to President Trump. The one quote that really stood out to me is this one. He says that prosecutors, quote, are a competitive bunch. Now, that is a very interesting choice of words, because when I was a prosecutor, the left would constantly say, this isn't a competition. Why are you you shouldn't be trying to get notches on your belt? Uh, This is about justice. This is about fairness. And here we have this exalted MSNBC legal analyst and former federal prosecutor, one of the, the, the people leading the lynch mob against President Trump, saying prosecutors are a competitive bunch. And his point being that we're going to see more indictments. (laughs) <laughs> because they're competitive, uh, it, it's shocking, but it's it just more proof that the, the rules that that the rules exist only against conservatives when it comes to uh, the law and the left. Uh, it's it's anything goes and the rules go out the window because sometimes, in fact, quite often, they stand in the way of their getting what they want. So, in fairly rapid succession, I'd like to go through the four criminal investigations that we know about regarding President Trump, give an overview, and then a prediction of what I think is likely to happen uh, and when. And we're going to be going into far more detail about these matters in the future, but for now, that's what we're going to be able to accomplish today. The first one, of course, is now we have an indictment. It's the New uh, York-Manhattan case related to payments between President Trump and his campaign and and or organization and Monica Lewinsky. I'm sorry, Stormy Daniels. I I get confused because we have a Democratic president who basically did the same thing and a rhino prosecutor refused to prosecute. But now we have uh, the Stormy Daniels case, of course, And President Trump is being prosecuted for that. And it it just, you know, again, goes to show the double standard, two-tiered system of justice is the highfalutin term that's been coined to describe it. Really what it means in just the basic vocabulary is unequal justice. And it's becoming ingrained in American law. And, of course, we had the, the 34 felony counts against him from that case in the indictment last week. And then we had his trip to and from the courthouse being filmed from an aerial view, treating our president like the O.J. Simpson fleeing in his white Bronco. It was disgusting, but not uh, fairly easy to foresee. By the way, I'm going to, throughout this, I'm going to institute... The use of a great homage, I think, to Rush Limbaugh, I'm going to have the paper flapping that he used to do. There's actually a sound effect that you can use, a Foley effect, as, as uh, we say in the film business, and so uh, when you hear that once in a while, that's my homage, among uh, probably other devices that I'll use to remember the great Rush Limbaugh who set the bar above uh, what any of the rest of us could even, even attempt to do, and I'm not, but I, I do want to pay him that homage. The second case is the Georgia case. This is a, uh, I say case, they haven't been filed. These are investigations, to be technically right. Coming out of Fulton County, which is where Atlanta is, the DA there, Fannie Willis, has impaneled a special grand jury to look at the Trump's interference in the Georgia election, so-called interference. That special grand jury has now completed its work. More about that in a moment. But that investigation has been expanded to look at not only did President Trump improperly interfere in Georgia's election, but uh, whether there was a fake elector scheme or plot, uh, meaning uh, the state of Georgia offering a different slate of electors for Congress to consider as alternatives to the other slate because of the The questions about the the vote counting in Atlanta and in Georgia, we had a a burst pipe in the middle of the night and all kinds of interesting shenanigans that were never properly looked into and were swept under the rug like, like so much else in regard to our president's allegations. But if they go for that larger fake elector plot or scheme, they may rope in a number of other people. That would include Mayor Rudy Giuliani of New York, the head of the Georgia Republican Party. Both of them have reportedly been told that they are targets of the investigation. And Fannie Willis may actually institute a racketeering or RICO action to go after all these folks. I'll have much more to say about that down the road. A couple of the starring witnesses for the prosecutor are Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and the Secretary of State, the insufferable Brad Raffensberger. Raffensperger has been portrayed in the media as a victim who was unfairly pressured by trump to find a certain number of votes i believe that quote has been grossly taken out of context we'll talk about that more down the road but the special grand jury was impaneled to investigate a special grand jury typically is an investigative body whereas a, a standard grand jury is used for issuing indictments and in this case the Special grand jury reportedly recommended indictments for a number of people, including uh, perjury. We know this in part because the foreperson for the grand jury went out and started speaking to the media. And quite simply, she came across as a flake, not a serious person. It was a PR disaster for them. And it it makes you question how this person ended up running this grand jury. and, And obviously, the The work product that would come out of of such a body. In any event, in terms of the identity of the people who would be targets of indictments, Emily Kors shares with us that we will not be quote-unquote shocked by the names. The next regular grand jury convenes in Fulton County in the second week of May, so that's obviously an important date to keep track of. Then there are the two federal criminal investigations. One is the classified documents investigation that centers on the president's home at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. FBI agents conducted a raid there on August 8, 2022, and they reportedly found 103 documents marked as classified. These are allegedly records that President Trump kept and didn't return to the National Archives when requested. Some records apparently were returned, some were not. Prosecutors are pouring over video surveillance from the premises, daily notes, texts, emails, photos of the site, and uh, activities that occurred there. And it's been reported that the Department of Justice is taking steps typical of near the end of an investigation. And I would agree with that. They're bringing in witnesses who've previously been interviewed voluntarily and informally to lock in their testimony under oath. And they are also, uh, they're they're now interviewing and bringing in before the grand jury secret service agents. So that seems to be towards the end. Also that Trump's attorneys are being questioned. Evan uh, Corcoran has now been forced to testify in violation of the attorney client privilege, which a federal judge has said now can be pierced because of the crime fraud exception. So we have a federal judge saying that there's enough evidence that a crime has been committed with Trump misusing his attorneys for that purpose that the attorney-client privilege can be breached. More about the attorney-client privilege later and the precedent that's being set. Of course, we hear nothing of investigations of Joe Biden and Mike Pence, who uh, uh, reportedly have actually admitted publicly that they had classified documents on their persons or property as well. But of course, more two-tier justice, as they say, or unequal justice, to keep it simple. Well, finally, we have the January 6th investigation, the insurrection, they call it. They're saying that Trump incited an insurrection and egged on a mob of those outraged by all the election irregularities surrounding Trump's defeat in the 2020 election, and that he incited this mob to storm the Capitol building. And they accused him of another number of things related to that. And the Department of Justice, very conveniently uh, in drawing up a potential indictment or doing their investigation can can uh, pull up the very neutral findings of fact and prosecutorial recommendations made by the january sixth congressional committee which we all saw on tv and was uh, headlined by a couple of rhinos and the most famous was the daughter of a former rhino vice president dick cheney and liz cheney is now out of congress and she's she is where i'm sure she will feel quite comfortable and that would be academia she had a nice perch waiting for her at the University of Virginia. The January 6th committee in Congress recommended a number of charges against Trump, a conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make false statements, obstruction of an official proceeding, and inciting an insurrection, which, if proven, would bar President Trump from serving in federal office ever again uh, under the 14th Amendment. So that, that, of course, was thrown in there. Presumably with that end goal in mind, the special counsel appointed by the Department of Justice for the Mar-a-Lago and January 6th investigations, whose name is Jack Smith, certainly looks like a very aggressive leftist prosecutor. He's been very busy. And besides tormenting the January 6th protesters and making sure they get disproportionate sentences and outrageous living conditions where they're incarcerated, the Department of Justice has sicked this guy on President Trump. And the most recent development that we're aware of is that the executive privilege, long recognized and held by the president, needed so that he can get proper advice, full and adequate advice from his subordinates, that has now been pierced again by a federal judge saying that that President Trump can be asked about events at at the Capitol. Former Vice President Mike Pence said he was going to fight that subpoena. Well, he fought it up to the point that the court said he didn't have to testify about his role under the speech and debates clause in running the Senate during the uh, January 6th joint session of Congress to certify Biden's victory in the election. But he can be compelled to divulge his conversations with Trump. And so... That involves executive privilege, long recognized, very important, but that's now been pierced. And, of course, Pence has said, well, he's not going to fight the subpoena any further. He's happy to tell them what Trump told him on January 6th and in the events related to that. So we have those are the four criminal cases we know of. There's also a very important civil case by the New York attorney general going after the Trump company. It's scheduled to go to trial in October 2023 before a hardcore leftist judge who clearly hates Trump. We may take that up later, but we don't have time for that today. So there are a number of interesting items here. And just at the outset, I just wanna share with you some of the the key issues that are, are bubbling. And then we'll turn to which of these is likely to draw blood first. We have the prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, Who seems to be trying to turn ordinary presidential advocacy and political advocacy and attorney representation into crimes by arguing they constitute election interference and and this fake elector plot, uh, which was a a response to all of this unprecedented ledger domain going on during uh, the elections and vote counting. And they're using a couple establishment Republicans as their show horses in that investigation. We have federal cases that are shredding the attorney-client and executive privileges. The latter is especially concerning because what you know, what an attorney says to a client that there's a historical reason for that. The, the 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 reasons for that being protected are not nearly as compelling as for the executive privilege. If you have an elected official who can no longer get free and open advice from his subordinates, it means basically he has to just not ask people for their opinion because it could be used against him if he asks questions or tries to find out what to do, it's uh, you're basically trying to turn these people, uh, these leaders into a fortress of one. And it's it's terrible. But those privileges are being breached. I actually experienced that in Arizona, the executive privilege uh, when the leftist state bar and, and all their uh, leftist monster friends came after me. The executive privilege was shredded and and even the the work product doctrine which is a long-standing doctrine protecting attorney thought processes that was just thrown out the window and prosecutors were forced to testify in open court about their decision making it was horrible and and the one of the first installments of the destruction of the rule of law in this country and and that we're now seeing the full fruits of that before i offer predictions on which of these four cases is likely to produce an indictment first and how many more indictments we're likely to have if any for President Trump. Uh, Let me just remind you to please subscribe to Resurgence. That is my Substack uh, offering. It is a new, hard-hitting Substack. It has been described by townhall.com as brilliant and original. I have writings, articles that are put out uh, twice a week and then a podcast that we're just starting. You're listening to the very first one that will be put out once a week. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You will get this podcast and my articles emailed to you every week. It is free to subscribe. So please subscribe. And um, some of these services that are being offered at some point down the road will go behind a paywall, but we will let you know well in advance before that's going to happen. Give you plenty of notice so you're not you don't miss out on on uh, any of those offerings, but please enjoy these services. They're free and you've got my my font of knowledge to draw from to guide you. I'm sounding like the great El Rushbow the longer I talk, but uh, what, I, I trust that that is that is well received. Your two questions. How how many indictments are we going to get additional indictments beyond the Manhattan stormy daniels case which clearly others have said and i'll just chime in it looks like the weakest of the four and it's looks like alvin bragg the da there was more or less put up to doing this to satisfy his leftist constituents and and ultimately that's that's what he did uh, but so how many more indictments and which are going to go first and i'll just go directly to that i think there will be at least two more indictments out of the three I think it's most likely there will be three, but one of them may not come through. So I would say at least two and most likely three, an indictment uh, for Trump in all of these cases. And, that, and that, to be clear, that doesn't have to do with the merits of the case. <laughs> that has to do with, with the politics and the desire of the left to just destroy this man, to come in and, and, and pile on case after case after case, to destroy him, to take him out. So of these three, which one is likely to go next? And I will predict it is Georgia. And here's why. They have already finished their grand jury investigation. They've already released a report. We have a new grand jury convening in the second week of May in Atlanta. So I would expect next month in May that there will be an indictment. And I do think that uh, she will go after President Trump. So that's the next shoe to drop, I believe. Mar-a-Lago is being wrapped up that investigation, but it's not finished, they're still interviewing witnesses. So I would think within the next 90 days, we're going to have an indictment. And I do think that they will indict President Trump for that again, having no I'm not talking about the legal merits or anything. I just think that's politically what's being driven here. And then the January sixth investigation, I would think that will be wrapped up by the end of the summer. They don't want these indictments to be coming out while people are voting next year. It just looks bad for them, so I would expect that'll be wrapped up uh, by then. I haven't seen others just flat out trying to predict the order of things and which ones are likely to produce indictments, so... To my knowledge, I'm the first one, at least on the right, who has tried to do that. But I believe that's what's going to happen. And it is a travesty and is a disgrace, and they're destroying the rule of law in this country. But you deserve to know what's likely to happen, and and I think that we'll hear from Georgia next. And so we will be returning to these topics, obviously, in in more detail and developments in these cases and investigations. But I do also want to take a, a couple minutes to flesh out more my fortress strategy for defeating the left that was shared in my article yesterday i've gotten an excellent response on that i pointed out that there are three basic approaches for the right in terms of how to handle the left's growing dominance and tyranny in this land one is what conservative elites and republican leaders will say we'll elect us now and send us money now and we'll win now they're not going to reverse decades of cultural decline and the collapsing of our civilization now. That's just not going to happen. And I'm tired of hearing them uh, spinning out these false promises. And so part a large part of what I'm doing is rebutting that and letting people know this is going to be a long fight and we need to accept that and uh, and focus our energies accordingly. We also have people who are saying that we should just hunker down in individual households. Rod Dreher, the, the writer, conservative writer, has has basically said that. He calls it the Benedict option. I'm proposing a humble strategy that's in the middle of those extremes, which is the fortress strategy. And you can read it in detail in my article. You can read it at your, your leisure, the article that came out yesterday called Fighting Back After the Trump Indictment. But I just want to make it clear we do need to make a stand and people ask me, well, what can we do? I mean, the reality is the hour is very late. We've been sold out by rhinos and conservative leaders who haven't been willing to fight not for months or years, but for decades. And our civilization is collapsing and a a great deal of the responsibility rests with them. Most lies with the left, but a lot lies with these collaborators who have sold us out. And uh, this is not a problem that's going to be solved very quickly, but It can be solved. And I believe that by following my fortress strategy, which is finding states and counties and towns where patriots are in the majority and where we still have cultural power and say, this we will defend. And we're going to move there. We're going to invest there. We're going to clean up the schools there. We're going to reform the institutions there, academia, the legal system, etc. That strategy is realistic. It it strikes the appropriate balance between excessive optimism and excessive pessimism. And we still have collectively in this country enough money and power put together to stand and fight in these areas. The reality is the left has more money and more power. And I discuss that in my writings, but when you take over academia and you keep generating brainwashed or intimidated graduates who go on to have the most powerful and moneyed positions in the country, you're going to have more money and more power over time. And that's what's happened. So to overcome that, we have to come together, pool our resources, defend these redoubts, whether they're states or counties or towns, and then start to branch out, start to push out. Once we get our act together, finally get leaders who are willing to fight, find conservative organizations that are useful instead of just taking our money. And that's how we start to turn things around and that's how we eventually win. And I'm going to be talking more about that strategy coming forward. We need new ideas. We need new energy. We're getting creamed and we need to come up with something new. And that's what resurgence is about. That's what I'm trying to offer uh, unique uh, new ideas to win ultimately, but it will take time. So I'm going to keep counseling patients because the idea that we can just get a a lottery ticket or wave a magic wand, and this all this is going to go away that 's just not realistic so there 's another little paper shuffle from uh, the El rushbo files my uh, my offering another another homage to him I, I want to thank you very much for joining me for this first resurgence podcast uh, again if you haven't already subscribed i hope that you will it is free you'll get the next podcast and all of my articles emailed to you please share this podcast and my articles with with others if you like them and i certainly hope that you do that is driving the growth of resurgence and we want to make sure that we're sharing these new ideas and truths with other people so that we can uh, we can eventually get a critical mass and start to turn things around please say a prayer president trump and the patriots fighting with him it is a very tough thing to go through i've been through it not at the national level but at the state and local level in arizona there's a lot of darkness around them and please just pray that god will pierce that darkness with his holy and loving light and sustain them and get them through this and lead them ultimately to victory i will be back next week i want to thank you for joining me wish you all a wonderful week coming forward keep the faith and keep on trucking. And I hope your day is full of green lights and blue skies. Take care.